0: When today's guest was 10, he escaped with his family, a war-torn Iran. He moved into a refugee camp in Germany. Then he finally arrived in America. He had a stint in the military. Uh, He was working on Humvees. He worked his way up the corporate ladder after leaving the military. I think he was one of the first employees or only employees that joined a firm, we'll talk about it later, without a degree. He became a financial advisor, then an author, multi-millionaire CEO. Oh, also part owner of the New York Yankees. Nothing better than being a uh, new American and owning a share of Babe Ruth's former home team. His journey is just another example that the American dream is alive and well, even, as though, even though we seem to be sliding more quickly in demise. Some people choose to still believe in america and they are writing incredible stories he had no formal education he made himself into an honest to god entrepreneur he founded his first company before he was 30. the name of that company was php it stands for people helping people and that's a pretty good description of what motivates today's guest for example he also founded a valuetainment, a media outlet with how-to videos for for everyone, from possible entrepreneurs to future world leaders. His, His success is pretty amazing. His first viral moment was his video, The Life of an Entrepreneur in 90 Seconds. Then he has published a handful of books devoted to finding happiness. His latest is Choose Your Enemies Wisely, and it dives into the gritty realities that come with being successful. He also hosts the PBD podcast, which ranks at the top of the Spotify business podcast category. He has had guests Kobe Bryant, Kevin Hart, uh, George W. Bush, Magic Johnson, Jordan Peterson. He's not political, but he is very outspoken. Uh, We may not know what happens to our nation. We may not know what comes from the treacherous path our leaders in D.C., are taking us on but today's guest has made it his mission to reveal the path to success however bad times become today's guest on the Glenn Beck program Patrick Bet David before we get to Patrick let me just talk to you a little bit about our sponsor it's Eden pure Eden pure takes all the odors out of your house Have you ever walked into a house and you're like whoa uh, they cook something funky uh, or Ow! They've got a cat or a dog. Ooh! This smells like a pack of teenagers. If you'd like to get rid of all of those smells from your house, do it with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. Gets rid of all of them. Um, you go to EdenPureDeals.com right now. Whether it's cigarette smoke, cooking, litter box, trash cans, mildew. It doesn't matter. The thunderstorm is going to knock it out for you. Starts working in seconds to clear a room of smells. You don't have to replace a filter. It is not uh, something that is adding scent to the room. It purifies the air, and it's amazing. Over 350,000 uh, 350, thunderstorm units have been sold so far. They have thousands of five-star reviews online. I give it a five-star review. We have it in the house. The house, I, I hate to say that it, it um, is... Doesn't smell like anything. It smells good, but there's no other smell in there. It's not like, okay, I know what you had for dinner last night. Here's the best deal. This week they're running an amazing special. You're not gonna want to miss right now. You can save two hundred dollars on three thunderstorms for whole home protection. Three units under two hundred dollars. Go to Edenpuredeals.com. Use the discount discount code Glen. It is Edenpuredeals.com. Discount code Glen. Rick, how are you how are you i'm great it's Fantastic. good to have you here it's great to be here um i man, i'm so excited for this podcast because i could go anywhere with you um but i want to start for people who may not know your history you're iranian mm-hmm. um christian iranian yes. right
1: um and you left when the Shah left i was born when the Shah left, so, so I'm oh, okay. born October 1878, three months later he left, I stayed 10 years. I left six weeks after Khomeini died in 89. Oh my gosh, so you lived under Khomeini? I did, I was under Khomeini for about 11 years. What was that like? Insanity, insanity. I mean, this whole thing you hear about mad, bad, hombre mad, bad, omri. I saw that. It was regular for us to see. And uh, it, it was messy, it was, uh, um, You know, uncertain times, windows being taped up because the bombing. One day we got bombed 160 times in Tehran when I lived there. Then my mom and dad were in fear, so we escaped to a city called Qatar. Because you were
0: Christian. Uh,
1: Well, not necessarily because we were Christian. It was, you didn't talk about your religion in Iran. Yeah. You didn't advertise it. It wasn't something where you're saying, here's what I am. You kind of kept it to yourself and you're saying like, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about what I am. (laughs) Keep it to yourself. No, but it was a messy, it was a very messy, unstable time for a six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old kid to go through. What'd you pull from that? It's crazy you say that. To me, have you read Elon Musk's recent book that came out? I have not yet. Freaking incredible. You got to read it. It's fascinating. Some of the stuff he talks about is insane. His dad is a very important character in his life. Mm -hmm. Maybe the number one driver. No relationship, mm-hmm. nothing going on but the number one driver. I think the chaos made me do better in business and in the military. The fact that I was in Iran and it was constant chaos, family, marriage, parents, politics, war, religion, moving, finances, it was nonstop chaotic. So when you go through that for as long as you do you either have PTSD and you have these symptoms that you deal with, or... Skills. You, you almost have to be in that forever. Because anything that's too peaceful is not your comfort zone. So when you say
0: this, I think, first person I think of is Donald Trump. The guy thrives in chaos and creates most of it.
1: Right? Yeah. And, and, and that's why he will be one of the characters, if not the character that they will write about the most, they will make the most movies about, they will criticize the most, he'll be at the top because those two go hand in hand. right? If you're chaotic, if you're, you are constantly need a war, you constantly need a new enemy, the whole concept of this new book that I'm writing, Choose Your Enemies Wisely, it's he always needs an enemy. Mm-hmm. Musk always needs an enemy. You also need an enemy. I mean, I remember watching you back in the days, the first time you and I met, you had come down to Beverly Hills Hilton. You were doing an event. Oh, my this gosh. Is, I, I talked to you. You said, what do you think is the problem with America? And I remember vividly what I told you, because I gave you Ronald Reagan's cufflinks, the gold cufflinks from the library. <laughs> yes. And then I said to you, I said, I think the white man has forgotten how amazing their country is, and they yeah. got to do something about it. And this is when you were going through your, your project uh, four E's entrepreneurship, yeah, enlightenment, yeah, yeah. empowerment, and I think it's oh education gosh. or something like yeah. that. And... You said, come to Fox next week. I said, okay, so I get a call from you, I'll tell you the exact date. October uh, 18th, uh, 2009, you call me. Okay, that. somebody calls me and I go to New York with my wife, we're on your show, and... Uh, it was completely interesting, forgotten this. Yeah, interesting I remember and, it now. And by the way, you even did a uh, uh, voiceover audio about saving America with KRLA, if you remember mm-hmm. uh, back in the days with KRLA. But anyways, you know, to me, you know, those who do well, typically, for the mo- most part, they choose the right enemies. And they don't mind the chaotic environment. Like, you know, startup, I mean, when you're hiring somebody, when you're starting a company, one of the first questions I ask is, you ever worked in a startup before? Oh yeah, my last company was like a startup. No, 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 not like a startup. Have you ever worked in a startup before? What's the big difference? Huge. Huge difference. Huge. And uh, you know, so maybe it gives you an edge, maybe in your mind it's always chaotic and you're trying to find some peace and you'll, you'll find peace in your own way. But yeah, it's, I, I see it as an edge, as an advantage. So t- tell
0: me uh, choosing your enemies. I, I, I grew up in an alcoholic family, so very unstable. Um, and I don't like conflict, but I find myself in conflict, but I don't go searching for it. I don't go. I mean, now, now I kind of, I wear as a badge of honor. Well, yeah, he's my enemy. Good for me. You know what I mean? Now you can kind of judge people mm-hmm. a little bit on who their enemy yep. is. Yep. Um, but I, 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 I liked being liked by everybody and I'm not.
1: You sure you liked being liked by everybody? You sure like that was your deal because the, the guy, so I'm the fan. I'm the one that okay. follows you, not the other yeah. way around, right? I've been watching you. You've not been watching me. I've been, right. I've been watching you. And, you know, m- maybe it's a strange relationship we have internally where we want to be to find peace. But then at the same time, whether we like it or not, we attract it. You know, some personalities, you know, like my, yes, my, uh, I have four kids. One of them never has issues that come up with them because he doesn't attract it. Mm-hmm. His personality is the kind of guy that you won't ever mess with him, but you'll like him and you want to be around him. Mm-hmm. I have another kid that attracts it nonstop. <laughs> it's part of his wiring. You may not know it. It kind of comes with your. I think, but I think there's a difference because you're like this you are some of my
0: producers are like are you ready and i'm like yeah we're gonna have a great conversation no you ready because he's very frank there's a difference between being frank being very clear on what you believe is true that makes a lot of people into your enemy a lot of people um but that's not i'm not choosing my enemy i'm just telling you no, 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 I've done my homework, change my mind. I want to be wrong, change my mind, but you got this an uphill is, this battle. This is
1: coming from the guy that would do the <laughs> boards, you would draw the stuff and you would go through, this person is tied to this person and you, by the way, you were by far the best teacher on TV. Oh, thank because you. you had what I call valuetainment. you brought value and you entertained. So you had both, some are very entertaining, but they can't go deep, some can bring value, but they're boring, you're value-tainment. When I watch yeah. you, I'm like, and this person is tied to this person and that person is tied to this person. Everything you talked about, you know, after that episode, you oh, just yeah. pissed a bunch of people <laughs> off, right? Like, Here we go. Another enemy Beck just made. Here's yeah. another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. And maybe it's not intentional. Maybe it's the fact that you're not, you're, maybe it's the fact that you're fearless. Maybe it's the fact that you love your country because you collect these old pictures or autographs or whatever books you have, these things, maybe that's how much appreciation you have for this country, why you like a guy like David Barton because he teaches history mm-hmm. in the way that he does. Who knows, but um, I've seen you lose it, and you got fired, oh, yeah. and, and, and that uh, there's gotta be a reason for it inside, it's yeah. not just for entertainment purposes. Yeah, oh, I know that, yeah. I know that.
0: So when you say choose your enemies wisely, what do you mean by that?
1: Okay. So choose your enemies wisely. Many times we don't. I'll give you an idea. We, we have, I, I can give it to you in the last, you know, 12, 24 months. I can give you business. I can give you many of that. Let's go Disney. So Disney chooses conservative audience as the enemy, forgetting who their number one customer is, parents. Yes. And they make woke ideology, a small sect, less than 1%. That's their customer. And they realize after choosing that enemy, that was the wrong enemy. Their market cap goes down a hundred and ninety-five billion dollars in one year. Fifty-six percent they lose in one year. Under Bob Iger, one of the greatest executives we've had the last forty years. If you've never read the book Ride of a Lifetime, the guy is one of a kind. He's, but he's also the problem. He's messed it up the last. Time. Yes, his last run, like he's, he had to step yeah. away, shape it, all that stuff. So Disney chose the wrong enemy. Blockbuster chose the wrong enemy because Blockbuster didn't choose any enemies. They were hubris. They were arrogant. They were not threatened by anybody. They thought no one's going to do anything to us. Yes. Let us keep these over, you know, the late fees to our customers, Four ninety nine times 17 days. You owe us $68. Right. What are you talking about? Right. They're out of business. Republicans chose the wrong issue as the enemy right before midterms in 2022, they thought abortion was the number one issue to go through and they're expecting a red wave. They did not get a red wave. If there was a red wave, McCarthy's still the speaker of the house. So they yeah. chose the wrong enemy, whether that's McConnell's doing or others who knows. So but-
0: hang on, wait, 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 before you go off of the Republicans choosing the enemy, I think the Republican party has chosen the wrong enemy because they go against their base. They go against a lot, of, a lot of the people who are saying, hey, I love the Constitution. What do you say we rein some of this crap in and be a constitutional republic?
1: What's the motive? Why do that? Why go against the base?
0: Uh, arrogance, believing the crap that they shovel every day, not really um, living in the space of a constitutional conservative. I think they
1: despise those people. Why do you think, though? Then, then, then maybe you're talking about rhinos. I don't think you're talking about Republican Republican. You're talking about rhinos, right? Yeah, you're talking I'm talking, about, talking about the party. Yeah, yeah. oh, I, I, I don't disagree there. Yeah, I,
0: think, I, don't mean uh, the, I don't mean Republicans. I mean the
1: party. All right, I'm, listen, I, I'm yeah. fully with you. I think Republicans, uh, 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 I think three communities are ruining America, if you ask me. I think it's the tolerant Christians. It's the do-your-thing libertarians. And you can talk about the rich Republicans that, don't tell anybody we're Republicans, baby, because their Mm. Democratic friends won't like it. Those three communities are destroying America, destroying America. You know what's crazy? One of my most uncomfortable interviews I ever did, I'm in Chicago, and I'm talking to Mike Ditka. I'm more of a post-game interview guy, more than the game. I have consumed more Mike Ditka post-game interviews than I have consumed him actually coaching games, okay? Mm-hmm. So, when you would watch him and say, hey, here's a quarter, buddy, go talk to somebody that cares. I don't wanna talk to you, I like talking to him more. What do you want? I'm sick and tired of being prepared, I'm, I wanna get lucky. He was always in the face of media, right? Mike was. And he was tough, and him and buddy Ryan, and they finally won, one of the greatest titans of all time, coach, does what he does, one of the best documentaries ever, is the, I think it's the 84, 85 Bears. And I'm interviewing him and I ask him about Colin Kaepernick because at that time I think he got fired from ESPN. And I noticed he started apologizing. It's like maybe I was wrong, maybe I pushed people too hard, maybe I'm this, maybe I'm, not. I'm Like no, no, you're right. Don't second guess yourself because they're louder and they make you seem like they're bigger, they're not. You know when a community comes in screaming, like you get into a street fight and a guy tells you, I'm gonna call my friends and, and I'm part of a gang. And they're going to come and whoop your ass. And you say, you do the following. And you say, call him right now. (laughs) You have a 50-50 shot of getting your ass whooped. Yeah. Because if he does have those friends, you're 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 getting destroyed. But if all of a sudden his eyes flinch, guess what? He doesn't have those 20 gangsters. American conservatives are thinking these ideas have such a big backing, but they don't. They have fooled you. And your, your backbone is like, well what if this and what if that and what if this? No, we have to kind of be proud of being an American, proud of the Constitution, proud of what this country has done, proud of what it's produced, proud of the fact that it's produced jobs for other countries that are benefiting from the technology that our guys have produced and invented. And we have to go back to the right hero-making machine of uh, uh, recognizing the right heroes. We're not recognizing the right heroes today. America's making a very big mistake. If we don't get our act together, uh, this next generation is going to be so confused. They don't know who to look up to today. They don't have an idea who to look up to today. So we have to kind of take a time out, step back. Hey, we've been a great organization for a long time, okay? We won for a long time, decade after decade after decade. Now, we fell for the trap of, you know, when the Ford organization hmm. were suing the, the founder and the grandkids And some of the kids, the relatives were saying, the founder doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. He knows nothing. They're suing this guy. Hmm. They're in court. And they're saying, do you know that car, what kind of an engine it has? He says, I don't. Do you know what kind of, I don't. Do you know what this part is? I don't. And finally he says, listen, you can ask me as many questions as you want. In my room, I have a machine with 27 buttons. I can press any button and get an answer within seconds. Correct. That's why I'm running a company. But sometimes we're sitting there, we're like, we're bullying the guy that started a company, we're bullying the people that created this incredible country, this idea that we're benefiting from, and we're apologizing for them. What are we apologizing for them for? This apologizing stuff has to end, and we have to stand up and say, hey, whatever your country is, we've done a lot of good for yours. And this is what we're gonna be doing, this is what we, you cross the line, we have a problem. Don't use our name to kill other people, don't do that. Here's where I'll let you go. You cross the line here, you don't have our support, and I'm gonna publicly call you out. Don't compromise our relationship. No problem. I got we need something like that. We don't have that today. Today it's like favors for favors for favors. It's problematic.
0: How do we how do we reconcile um, the thing we we we're in a place where we have to learn from the past. We have to learn from the mistakes of the past. We have to learn. You know why people hate us in the Middle East? Because we're lying bastards a lot of the time. We don't torture, but we'll ghost plane you to Saudi Arabia. Well, if I'm, if, if, if I'm uh, you know, an Egyptian on the street and I know America has put people in the torture, you, you stand for nothing, in my opinion. We've made really bad mistakes. Every country has every human, every country. We're not Jesus, we're the United States of America. We have to, however, have an honest conversation about, hey, what if, wh- where did we really go wrong? Wh- what are the things we should stop doing, have an adult conversation, and then say, and by the way, here are all the good things we did. How do we have that conversation?
1: So you're opening up a can of worms for uh, manipulators and victims to go even deeper and say, see, 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 I told you, I told you all this time, look at them now. I told you, you have to understand there's a bit of a, a power play going on as well. Yes. And it's Machiavellian and it's gamesmanship and it's the mob, they know this game very well. They know how to make the other side act like they're apologizing and always apologetics and constantly coming from that standpoint, listen.
0: But wait, 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 before you, before you say yeah. That, the medical community has no credibility with me scientific community no longer has any credibility yeah. between what they do for the global warming to twist the numbers and panic everybody to covid all they would have to do is come out and say okay this 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 wow did we get that wrong and you know what some people intentionally were doing it they're out they'd
1: restore their credibility. There's a difference between accountability and the difference between um, giving an ounce, an inch to the other guy, because you know they're gonna use it against you for the rest of your life. That's strategy. Strategy is different than accountability. Accountability is the same people that wrote the article, we have a loneliness epidemic in America today, (laughs) are the same people that shut this thing down. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, now you want to say this. Correct. Now you want to go through this. Now you want to talk about how many people you forced to take the vaccine and how many people you divided, how many military personnel came out. And now you're begging them to come back and yeah. your advertisement says no COVID vaccine required. No, you've lost credibility with those Correct. guys. But we have to compartmentalize departments and say, these guys did good. These guys are heroes. These guys screwed up. These guys got to get held accountable. That can't happen again. This can't happen again. What are the next threats? What are we doing next? Good. Moving on. Versus, you know, going on an apology tour oh, and doing no, no, all this no. stuff. No, we're America. Let's, when you're America and you're, you're the lead dog, you, you have to have the identity of a lead dog knowing, hey, you know... There's this video with, what's his name? Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. where he tell. it's a scene of a movie where he talks about sometimes a lion is sitting there and they come and, you know, all these guys that want to bite them and they want to do this and they want to do that. Says so sometimes a lion's just got to get up and remind everybody why he's the king of the jungle. America needs to get up and remind the world why we are the king of, king of the jungle. It's who we are. Then... Understand, because this country as a Judeo-Christian values that it was founded on. This doesn't mean everybody has to be that. We are forgiving. We don't forget. We have grace because he had grace with us. So even though we can destroy your life, we will choose not to. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, yeah, we have gotten some military things that we've done in the past wrong and $3 trillion for Iraq. And we wasted money here and we wasted there. Sure, let's put that out there. Um, but not from the standpoint of they're using that leverage against us oh, say, because of this. No, no. I think, I think if we come from a place of, did you forget what we did for you when you needed us? Did you forget when, did you forget that this, so there almost needs to be like, you know, a call out of everybody of what we've done for these guys. And then it's, you want me to kind of dirty your, you know, air your dirty laundry. You want me to tell the world about yours. So if we're going to play this game, it's going to be ugly for you and for everybody. I would much rather us go and you know, lead the world. We're Didn't gonna that, do our part in, in innovation, in capitalism, in military, in many different ways. We've fallen back in education. We've fallen back in a lot of areas that we gotta get back to. But yeah, I think we need to lead from the front, not apologize. Isn't that what Donald Trump was doing? That's what Donald Trump was doing. Yes, he was. But again, guess what happened? You know what happened? Choose your enemies wisely. Guess what America chose as the enemy? America chose Trump as the enemy instead of China as the enemy. Imagine, let's go back. Let's go to March of 2020, okay, mm-hmm. March 14, when they shut down NBA, NHL, when Rudy Gobert gave Donovan Mitchell COVID and Disney, you know, all these guys are shut. So imagine, instead of saying, I'm Nancy Pelosi, I'm going to go to Chinatown. It's not fair to say this. No, okay. no. They hate America. They have a plan called Made in China 2025 to be ahead of mm-hmm. us by 2025. China is not you, Democrats, before them. China's China before anybody else. What if we came together? Think about if that actually happened, like a 9-11, where we united. 9-11, nobody cared if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Yep. Slightly different. But because Trump, his personality, there's a part of it that has to do with his wiring as well, because he is so, you know, proud and dominant and alpha and all the (laughs) stuff that he's got, that... You know, maybe, you know how you're, you have a brother or your sister, and you know you can always get under your brother or your sister's yes. skin? You could say nine things to get under their skin. Why do it? Mm-hmm. You don't need to do it. Maybe say one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then be like, hey, I got eight more to go. There's right. family around. Right. You know what? Cool. Let's just stop it. No problem. But sometimes he feels like he's got to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and... 10, 11, 12. I think we can kind of bring that back a little bit. So some of it is doing, maybe. Um, but it's also, I think in the world stage, why
0: he was successful. I mean, because he was not afraid to say what he was thinking, not afraid to look a dictator in the face and go, I might send missiles your way, or I could be your pal. He had that twitchy eye kind of thing that I always wanted from the president, not for the American people, but for our enemies. Sure. Where that
1: son of a bitch might just do that. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I don't mind that part. Yeah. I, that part, that area, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. What, he, what he did for him, game. Here, you know, um, maybe less, um, I told you so. Maybe less, you know, Pointing out everything. Now, don't get me wrong. If they do it, stand up. I'm for it all day long. You can't let them bully you. I'm not for that at all. Yeah. I'm not for that at all. But, you know, back Reagan, then.
0: Reagan used to do it with a smile.
1: He won't be. He's not a Reagan, and he'll yeah. never be a Reagan. We all constantly go back to a Reagan, and we'll talk about how he was and how, you know, his storytelling and comedy and how he was able to get Gorbachev to do what he does. I think history is going to write more about Trump than Reagan. I think you know that as well. It's not about, there's more to write about Trump than there is about Reagan. You know, Trump had a better TV career. Trump had a better business career. (laughs) Trump had a better women career. Trump had a better, the only thing that Reagan had a better career was presidency, politics, and governor. That's Mm -hmm. He's going to have that. But they're two different animals to compare them to each other. It's like Michael and Magic, different game, very different game that you have against each other. But yeah, I think we need to get back to that. What we have today, it's embarrassing, you know. Today, you know, it's like you go to a bar and you've been going to this bar for 20 years and there's that guy that sits in the corner, he's 58 years old. Well, you, You've heard rumors about the fact that that guy's done some stuff in the past. Yes. So when a fight breaks out and it's about to be a brawl in a bar with 100 people, he just gets up, says, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. And everybody just kind of sits mm-hmm. down, okay. That guy dies That bar is done, okay? That guy in the corner in the bar is a guy named Joe Biden. He gets up, he's having a hard time getting up. And everyone's like, Joe, stop. Fight continues and even more because they don't fear anybody. There's three things a great father's gotta bring to his kids. Father, fear, respect, and love. If you get the trifecta, fantastic. There's two things a president's gotta bring whose enemies, respect and fear. If your country loves you, bonus, but you don't have to have the love, but you got to get the fear and the respect. Unfortunately, the world doesn't respect our president today and they don't fear him. We need those two. We've been missing it for a few years. Uh, when there is no fear and respect, bullies and tyrants show up. It's a perfect market right now mm-hmm. for tyrants and bullies and we're seeing it everywhere.
0: I want to talk to you about better spectacles. Did you know that we see with our brain and not our eyes, our brain constantly senses what's happening around, and it fills in all kinds of blanks, all right? How and what we see not only depends on the strength of our eyes, but it helps make the, um, the brain uh, help us with the optimal decisions, okay? This is why you need as much field and peripheral vision as possible the widest field you can get. Vision is so important to humans. Almost half of our brain's capacity and 25% of our energy every day is dedicated to our sight and visual perception. So, you want to see the most of your world, the biggest view wherever you look, Rodenstock's Biometric Intelligent Glasses. They will help your brain adapt Nearly instantly to what you put them on. And sometimes you have to get used to glasses, not with these. You don't have to get used to them. Uh, You put them on and they will feel natural and relaxing. It is like a hot knife through butter. Seamless visual experience, visual acuity like you've never experienced since wearing glasses. They're biometric intelligent glasses with artificial intelligence from Rodenstock. You can find them at Better Spectacles. Go right now to betterspectacles.com slash Beck. Schedule a teleoptical appointment. Get your glasses for 61% off. Betterspectacles.com slash Beck. You think we're seeing it from our own side?
1: What do you mean? Inside America. Of course. bullies and tyrants. Of course we do. But they're... uh, uh, You know, the guy that's loud, you know, you, you... for example, my dad and my mom, they got divorced twice. They got married to each other, my sister born, divorced, remarried, I'm born, divorced, to each other, okay? Right. And there was this one uh, aunt we had, and I would be at the house, and my dad doesn't come home until 8, 8.30, and she would come in and she would say stuff like this to my mom. She would say, is that all Derek did for you? Do you know what John did for Mary? He doesn't treat you that well. Why doesn't he buy you a bracelet? How come Mm. he doesn't buy you that diamond? Look what an amazing woman you are. Look how many kids you've given her. You know what other women are doing like you that are beautiful like you? You think they're doing this? You know what they're doing? And she would keep feeding this BS to my mom. Mm. As a seven-year-old kid, I'm sitting there watching. They don't know I'm watching, but you know kids were paying attention. Oh yeah. And then I would see my dad would come home. And when my dad would come home, the fight would start. When the fight would start, and my dad doesn't know where this fight came from. He has no clue that lady created a proxy war. My dad has no clue that was a proxy war. That is an element of a proxy war that leads to a divorce, right? We have a lot of that in America today. A lot of that in America today. Of faces we don't know. These are faceless proxy war, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, puppet masters that... You think you and I know. These are the guys that come into the room, stand like this. They don't want to get on the mic. They don't want to get in front of TV. They don't want to do any of that stuff. But behind closed doors, they're just going like this. And they're dividing, dividing, dividing. And that dividing is a business model. So there's a business model to being divided. Because when you're dividing and people are distracted and you're calm, you can come in and take this and take this and take this. And nobody notices you.
0: When everybody else is in fear and you're calm, you can get a lot done. You can get a lot of Fear and angry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So how do we change that? Selling the dream, selling America, selling hope, selling history, re-reminding people what we've done. You know, what's a, what's a therapist or psychologist do when a husband and wife are about to go through a divorce? Sits him down and says, okay, uh, tell me the best time you've ever had with your wife. Moment. And these guys want to kill each other, right? And you're like, uh, I would say, and then they both at the same time say, Italy, 1999. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. What happened in Italy? And they look and they give that, the smile they don't want to give that they give to each other. Right. And then you're like, we had a good time. Tell me, give me details. What hotel did you stay at? What restaurant? What were you wearing? What was she wearing? What was it like at night? How late did you guys stay up? What did you watch? What did you do? What was the perfume you wore at that time? What cologne was you wearing? What music were you listening to? What did you, like... Did you learn the language? Were you translating? Because phone wasn't there. Like you're getting these details, and the more detail comes out, and like, how about another trip? How about another this? Tell me what you guys overcame together. What was the hardest thing you guys ever overcame together? When our kid had cancer at two years old, that was a tough time for about a year. She starts crying. He puts her hand, his hands around her, and then you see this evolution take place, and say, "Look, guys, what do you want to do now? Right? Do you want to get back to that, or do you want to go this?" we're not reminding of the times we led and we won and we overcame we're only reminding all of our screw ups. can you imagine you go to a therapist and the therapist says tell me the last time he did this to you tell me the last time she did this to you tell me the last time this why don't you do this how about that time are you you're expediting the process of getting the divorce done and she's yes. going to want the frequent flyer miles it's going to yes. get worse right it's not going to be pretty The media today has been the second divorce attorney, okay, versus the divorce attorney that like wants to find a therapist that wants to get them together, versus being a divorce attorney. Divorce attorneys right now are trying to get America to go through a divorce, and in order to kind of try to see if we can rekindle this, we have to go back to moments where we got along. We have to go back to moments where we won. We have to go back to moments when Martin Luther King gets shot. And the first person that gets up to give the speech is a guy named RFK. And the reaction in the audience, I'm getting the chills right now. I've seen that thing so many times. And then he says, I can also feel the pain you're having because my brother was also killed. And he was killed by a white man. And I can only imagine. And we're like, how do you come up with a speech like that you write? Or MLK gets up and he gives the I have a dream. And crumbles the thing and throws it away. And that speech was saved by the guy from the movie Air. You know, uh, I mean, there's so many things to this incredible history. The generals we've had, the leaders we've had, the the things we've overcome, the people we've helped, the countries we've helped. So how do you, I, I can
0: see us doing that with people our age, my age or your age, but how do you do that with kids who were born
1: after September 11th they don't know yeah. america yeah yeah so that, that is two decades to me minimum oh, yeah. is how yeah. long it takes if maybe even longer to me with with that part one of the best things that covid did that's bad for liberals terrible for liberals is you know these companies like you can work from home for the rest of your life Oh, Shit, then I'm moving out of San Francisco. I'm not going to pay the taxes in San Francisco. <laughs> right. I'll go to Texas. Right. No, no, no. We didn't say that. Stay here, but you can work from home in San Francisco. I'm not going to live here for $220. i am going to mm-hmm. go to uh, Texas and get a place on Frisco or Prosper. Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. No, we want you to come back. You know, the other day, Andrew Como uh, was talking about, you know, New York has lost a lot of money. He says, our number one source of tax revenue we got in New York was from rich people. They've left us. He says, that's the reality. By the way, he was a liberal, that a lot of liberals thought he was gonna be a president, until he was now willing to follow what Schumer and Pelosi and the establishment liberals were telling him. Then they said, we gotta oust this guy. Mayor Adams is next. There's a bunch of other guys They do This is a very easy business model. As long as you do what we tell you to do, if Biden doesn't step away, guess what? There's gonna be 17 girls coming out and a bunch of things. But you're going back to this question. COVID got forced parents to do homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And some parents are like, whoa, I thought it was harder. Maybe I'm gonna stick to this. We just found each other. Hey, Mary, you're also doing homeschooling. Jackie, you too? You guys mind? What's your strength? I'm English, what's yours? Math, I'm science. You guys mind? Yeah, and and can I bring my, yeah. Can we do your house one day too? Yeah, why do we need school? And there's this website curriculum that conservative uh, That all of a sudden naturally started happening. Now, Christian schools, three years ago, four years ago, having a hard time getting people to sign up for Christian schools. You know what Disney's done? The waiting list to get into Christian private schools right now is insane. Mm-hmm. They're turning down 4.5 GPA kids because they have so much inventory. Okay, So the, the, the big opportunity lies with us right now. Like when I saw the parents in Glendale protesting against what some of the policies yep. they were coming out with, and they stood up and they're like, no, we're not going to take this from you, is – This is a, it starts off with us making the investments into education with some creative, disruptive ideas coming out to say, hey, you don't need to send your kids there. There's a lot of people that are working on different things with education. You know, Hillsdale does it in in its own way. There's others that do it as well. But I think that opportunity starts with the education side. When somebody finds a way to say, that's going to be my mission. That's where I'm going to put my money and my time into this is like the ripe time for parents to be receptive to something like that. It's got to be duplicatable, easy, streamlined, effective, high content, pre-recorded from teachers that are winners, high expectation, high standards, accountability, creativeness. We're teaching different things, and maybe a part of the country's got to say, like you know, uh, today I'm having Jeremy Boring, Jeremy uh, Boring on. He's uh, yeah, from yeah, Daily yeah. Wire, yeah, yeah, and he had a moment one time in Hollywood where, you know. Imagine you're you a 12-year-old kid, you're coming up, you're like, your dream is to win an Oscar one day. Mm-hmm. That's a dream. You're attached to the dream. It's an emotional mm-hmm. thing. You think about it. You watch, and the Oscar goes to, and then you role play saying it hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. To, mom, look, this is going to be my speech, and I'm going to thank you, Mom. I'm going to say I want to thank my mom, and Mom's crying. My boy's going to get an Oscar. It's going to be awesome, right? And then one day you realize, these guys don't like me. I can never do this. And then you're like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need them. I'm Okay. The moment we realize, why are we so caught up in G, you know, getting a high school diploma? Why is this such a big deal? Why do we have to do that? I challenge some of the parents in Glendale to go on a strike and take their kids out for one month. Just take it, take take 30,000 kids out for one month. Mm -hmm. See what happens. Oh, Newsom will feel it very quickly. Mm -hmm. And do it at a time where they need it because they need certain grades. Yeah, I don't really care. We don't care about that. And see what happens collectively. And maybe you don't do it with kids above seventh grade. Maybe you do sixth grade or below to kind of get the pen. And say, by the way, we're about to do it with the next grade. And getting people to run for office, like within schools, administration, we have to encourage people to do that as well. And then the last thing I would tell you, Glenn, is you asked me a question earlier, what am I going to be speaking about at, you know, Turning Point USA? Yeah. And I showed you my notes. I said I'm already writing a few things, but this is one of the things I'm going to be talking about. For the last year and a half, when I talked to anybody that's under 35, I am encouraging Christians, conservatives, to do whatever they can to have a minimum of four kids. Not one, not two, four minimum. If you can do five, go for it. If you can do six, even better. If he can do seven all day long, your LDS, your daughter introduced to LDS, 14, 15, whatever the timeline was in Vegas. I think that was the timeline that you went you amazing. Guess what? Uh, you know, that, that model, when, when I go talk to Christian churches, and I say, look at the LDS model. Look what they're doing. You can say whatever you want, but this Gordon B. Hinckley, the virtues, the way they're raising the kids, the way they're teaching them how to speak, the way they're sending them for two years, there's a system. What if we get conservatives to start having four kids because if they don't it's competition of religion today mm-hmm. and guess what muslims are winning 2.9 to 2.1 you're not going to win It's a matter i have
0: of- to tell you I, i'm a guy who didn't want a big family i have four kids i wish and i mean this sincerely i wish i had 10 i wish i had 10 it's a pain in the ass that you think never is is never gonna you're never gonna make it out alive but it is the greatest joy it is it is truly all that matters in life when you when you grow up enough to get past all the bull crap that you've got going inside you realize this is it yeah this is it can i that clock cannot be right is that the time is that correct oh my gosh um i've got so much to talk to you about and we haven't talked about hardly any of it can we do some rapid yes uh rapid stuff um i just saw that you you sold uh the uh, Wayne Gretzky hockey yes. card, okay. Tell me about your collection. What do you, what do you
1: collect? Okay, I, I love baseball cards, and I like vintage baseball cards, like 33, Gowdy, Babe Ruth, PSA 8. I like Mickey Mantle tops. I like Mickey Mantle Bowman. I like Joe DiMaggio's rookie card, Ted Williams' rookie card. What's the, what's the best, what's the one that you say, this? When I look at it's it, hard, one gets it? me? Let me tell you, you know, as a, if you're a baseball card guy, when you hold it, I'm 12 okay. years old, I'm 13 years old, you know? I'd probably say Babe Ruth, because Babe, to me, you know, it's got to be Babe. It's got to be Babe. When I hold the Babe Ruth card and I'm looking at it, you know, yesterday I was talking to Ken Griffey, and I'm like, Ken, do you realize I own 75 of your PSA 1089 upper deck card, and I gave one of them to my son on September 24th as a gift? He's going crazy, right? You would see Griffey's beautiful, you know, left-handed swing that he had. Uh, now, I mean, for me, um, I'm not a hockey guy, so when the guy called me telling me, hey, I got two of Gretzky's uh, uh, Holy Grail cards, do you have cash? I said, I'll buy it, what's the offer? 540, I said, great, I'll send somebody, meet us at PSA, I want PSA's president, their PSA president meets, they're like, no, this is the card, we graded it, can you put in a new case in a proper way? They did, here's 540K we wired, a year and a half later, I sold it for 2.2 million. Unbelievable. But I'm not, I've a, a interviewed yeah, Gretzky, yeah, yeah. But I'm more baseball.
0: What's it feel like to be part owner of the Yankees, especially as an immigrant? Yeah,
1: it's a dream, man. It's a dream. It's a dream. You know, when you go there and, and coolest my, thing about that, who was thinking about that? No, coolest, coolest thing, thing about that. It's the coolest thing about. I'm just, Glenn. I'm a regular guy. I mean, you got. If you had, if you interviewed my friends from high school, they would tell you we remember when Pat was partying until four o'clock in the morning yeah. one night at a my sister's apartment complex in Burbank and they stole my Toyota Corolla 83 (laughs) and I'm calling my dad saying I want to go to the recruiting station. He comes, picks me up. I quit Burger King that I'm working in Glendale. I got four W's from Glendale Community College. I talked to the recruiter. I said, listen, if you can get me in tomorrow, I'm signing up. He said, it's going to take three months. I said, I'm not doing it. He said, I'm going to make a few calls. Two weeks later, I'm at Fort Jackson, Carolina, South Carolina, joining the army. I was going to do 20 years. That's what I was gonna do, I'm a big guy, military's easy for me, you know. I speak four or five languages, I speak you know, Farsi, Armenian, Aramaic, I speak Jeez. German at the time, and because I, you know, I had more time there. But yeah, it, it, when, you, when you go to the Yankee Stadium and they give you a tour, and you're meeting with Steinbrenner family and they're sitting there, I say, guys, listen, I know MLB already did a background check on me, it took 15 months, and I know all this stuff is going, on. I just wanna let you know, I'm loud. And I have strong opinions. You sure you're okay? Because you can't call me and tell me to. And then they said, look, we're all so loud. You just don't know who we are. Let me tell you what we And he starts. I'm like, oh, okay. So I see what you're doing as well. Good, I respect <laughs> it. And then he says, uh, there's only one rule we follow. He's the boss. You can't do anything with him. He runs the show. He's pointing at Hal Steinbrenner. Hal says, I'm the boss. Meaning he comes to so, hell. You're the boss, Yankees. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just a rich cheerleader owner in the company. That's all it is. And he says, fair enough. So we moved on. But yeah, it's a great feeling. Yeah. It's a great feeling.
0: Well, this is our last podcast of the uh, season. We go on to break for the holidays. And I want to talk to you about preborn. Preborn is, I think, a miracle. At this time, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a child is given. These children... Um, that are being aborted are not being aborted, generally speaking, by evil moms. They are being aborted by women who feel backed into a corner like they have no other choice, or they believe in the lie that it's not really a child. They know. But until you see the ultrasound, until you hear the baby's heartbeat, a lot of women can just turn that off. You double the chances of a child being born and mom saying, I choose life when she hears and sees her baby. That's what Preborn does. But they also, also take care of mom and child, help take care of them with prenatal care and then post-care for up to two years. Please be a part of this ministry that stands in the gap for life. When you support Preborn, you support women and you empower them. Your donation of 28 bucks will help make a woman's choice for life. For unto us a child is born. Help another child be born. Keyword baby at pound 250. Keyword baby, pound 250, or preborn.com slash Glenn. All right, uh, one last uh, commercial here for home title lock. Most people have no idea that there's an invisible gap in, in their home's protection. You think, oh, well, my my home title, I had that check. No, you did when you bought the house. Your home, your equity is at risk. This is why they do a title check, to make sure it's free and clear. If somebody swoops in, you're not going to know it, either until you sell your house or uh, until the sheriff comes knocking at the door because you haven't been making the payments to the bank. Wait, yes, I have. Oh, somebody took your title racked up all new debt, the house is in their their name. Now that they didn't pay that loan, that's the collateral. Your house and you're out. Home Title Lock can make all the difference. Protect your home from this invisible gap. Check on your home's title right now at HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. They're going to send you a complete scan of your home's title. And your first 30 days of Triple Lock title protection is free. It's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code BECK. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code back. Let's just take uh, just initial thought on Iran and our
1: support of Iran. So I had the Crown Prince uh, Reza Pahlavi on two weeks ago, and we did a, it's the first time ever he did a three hour long form interview. I think Iran is not going to change for a while unless there's two pieces. China's got the 25-year, 400 billion dollar mm-hmm. contract, and you know China and Russia—that—that—that that, mm-hmm. that, that we lost Iran when they got in there, and the sanctions we had—if Biden wouldn't have lifted it, it wouldn't have been pretty bad for them, where they they were gonna experience something to fall because the people were sick of it. I think the person that plays a very important role with Iran is MBS. Let me tell you why MBS, mm-hmm. Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, MBS. Yeah. This guy's a 25 billion dollar guy, 38 years old. Uh, Forbes recognized him as top 10. You know, most powerful people in the Middle East and very charming, charismatic. He's a good salesperson, visionary. He's not hardcore, you know, uh, uh, Muslim. He actually called out Muslim about how they were. He even got rid of some party that was going around arresting people for what they were wearing. It's like, no, we're not going to be doing that. And he just recruited Ronaldo for 200 million a year. He was given Messi 25 million a year to be an ambassador. You know, Greg Norman and these guys went and brought live to Saudi Arabia, Gulf over there. Number two in oil behind Saudi Arabia. They got enough supply of oil for God knows how many years. A long time, 200 years or so, even though the world's 46 million, they have it for them for 200 years, give or take. So if he wants to make Saudi Arabia into a place where you and I, what are you doing this Christmas? I'm gonna take the wife and the kids to Saudi Arabia. What? Mm -hmm. Because that's what people said in the 70s when they went to Iran. If he wants to do that, you could live in a 40,000 square foot home with nice rides, swimming pool, indoor, outdoor, golf course, gym, everything. But if your neighbors are criminals and murderers and killers, I don't care how beautiful your house is, I'm not coming over. Correct. He needs to know that's his number one issue. So if he wants to get Saudi to compete Versus Europe, 87% of his GDP is still oil. That is too reliant on yeah, oil, yeah. and it's problematic. If nuclear energy takes off the way we are in the U.S., and we make the right investment into it, nuclear exposes this business model. That's not good for him. He knows that. He's got a short window. To do that, he's got a broker deals with Israel. He's got to help somebody to change the regime in Iran. He's got to make the surrounding people more calm and he can do it because he's got something every one of those guys need, except for Iran. So I think the number one domino is MBS to change stuff in Iran.
0: A thorough answer. Um, Your reaction to the anti-Semitism that's happening right now?
1: You know, um, here's what concerns me about that. Um, you you hear all this stuff with Hamas. As you've you've seen all the arguments It's being done all over the place. Okay, well, who did it first? You know, well, they killed four hundred uh, uh, civilians and they raped and they did this, this. Yes, and then Muslims will say, "Well, which season are you on? Mm-hmm. Have you watched season one? Because this is season eleven of what Israel's done to Hamas and Palestine, and they killed eleven thousand people, give or take." But Only 60 Hamas members, let's just say 6,200. What did you get accomplished? All those kids you killed. Musk says for every Palestinian kid you kill, you create a Hamas member. Very good perspective. Israel didn't know with Mossad being the number one secret intelligence that those guys were coming in. Did you need that to be able to retaliate and attack them? I have so many questions that I don't have the intel to make an educated decision but I know the people of power do. They know what concept of CIA knew what Israel, they, they knew this stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's way too many things that, that prompts questions for me. I have one thought. So well, wait,
0: wait, wait. I, I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity um, to be clear. But you're not justifying what Hamas did. Zero. Good, okay. Zero. I mean, just wanna not, make sure that's
1: clear. It's not even a question, no. Uh, uh, th- when people go into that argument, and they're like, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about this? I have zero, look, Hamas, 40,000 members, okay? ISIS is eight to 13,000. Uh, Hezbollah, 150,000, give or take. Uh, Israel has 300,000 uh, soldiers, of which 100,000 of it, I think, is reserves, so they got like 150,000 mm-hmm. to 200,000 active. Uh, turkey's got three hundred thousand, and they got a much stronger military erdogan gets in he doesn't have the open playing field to go out there and do what he wants he just doesn't and you know but but for me when it comes down to hamas for some of the guys that are apologizing for that i have i have way too many questions for i lived in iran i saw what hezbollah did i saw what the mullahs did i saw what they did to my mom which is walking in the street and a little bit of hair is showing and They would stop and I'm like getting anxiety just seeing Mm -hmm. what they're about to do to my mom. Like, no, don't take her. And then boom, we'd run off and go out to a store and the family would protect my my mom and we'd come in. Yeah, so I don't have any any tolerance for that type of
0: behavior at all. Um, Because I keep getting waved and I've got at least 30 minutes more to do with you. Uh, Quick, your thought on um, Elon Musk. Good guy, bad guy,
1: who is he? He's his own man. He's his own man, and he's an unpredictable guy, yet predictable. Areas he's predictable in, he's not compromising his vision. He's a true believer. He's not for money. He could care less about the money. He got the money stuff when he bought the P1, when he got his first million, and you know he did what he did. This is not a money guy. This is a vision guy. Uh, This guy put his career and his business ahead of everything else he was doing to the point where he's like, I can't even be married having kids because I'm not going to be a great father because my babies are – you know, yeah. uh, Neuralink and Tesla and all this other stuff. He's super necessary. Imagine you're worth $300 billion. You choose to buy a company that's in shambles for $44 billion and you're, you're a rock star, you're a hero, you're an, you're an Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. playing you, the real life mm-hmm. Iron Man. And, you know, you, you're getting the women, you have the nor- notoriety, you're on every single magazine, you're being picked up everywhere. One thing you say, you got 150 million followers, and he said, yeah, if we want to save America, we have to vote Republican. What? What? So what's his why? He calls himself a humanist, okay? He calls himself a humanist. His fears with AI, his fears, uh, have you seen this movie Creator that came out? What'd you think about it?
0: Uh, I have been on the bandwagon of... Uh of fear of AI for uh, quite some time. Creator, I watch and I think, oh, that's kind of a happy story. If you, if you forget about uh, that every tank said United States of America and we were the bad guys, how that's being imaged. Uh, and how it's being imaged that it's wonderful and genuine and real and will connect us. There's a possibility. There is also the real possibility that it is our superior and we become ants. He's
1: not a fan of that. Just so you know, he's not a fan of that. You know what he says at What do uh, you think? Of, of what? Of AI and creator? Yeah. I thought everybody need, I think everybody needs to go watch, don't waste your money with Napoleon. Go oh, watch yeah. creator. Creator is gonna, get, is gonna get you thinking. You will cry, you will be angry, you'll experience every emotion you should in a movie. But there's a quote in Elon's book, I think it's the last chapter, that says, Elon likes to take the fiction out of science fiction. What a quote. Yeah. What a quote. So this guy wants to have you watch a movie and say, oh, I just watched a science fiction movie. That ain't no science fiction, man. That's a yeah. science movie. Yeah. Because it's now real. He he, A famous quote back in the days by a German philosopher said, if a lion could speak, we could not understand them. Not everybody's going to understand lions. They speak yeah. a different language. And we don't have to fully understand every time a lion opens their mouth. But it's good to be 80% optimistic, 20% skeptical, and say, okay, we'll see. So far, we'll see, we'll see. The, the we'll see lens of staying a little paranoid, it's, it's necessary today, with everybody. CBDC, uh, going to happen or a conspiracy theory? It's inevitable. It's inevitable. How long? Yeah. I mean, the way they're, 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 the gradual way they did it during COVID, where you needed a COVID passport to yeah. go around, that was a great test. It, yeah. it accelerated the process by, by years, maybe decades, yeah. on what it did. And, and more and more people are starting to be receptive to it. And look, look what's happening. So, so imagine like a picture-perfect argument for me to give you to move to CBDC. Do you see what SPF did?
0: Here's a guy
1: that was the JP Morgan chase of our lifetime, according to Jim Cramer, is going to jail for this, this, that $33 billion company, and he's gone. Yeah, but, you know, CZ from, uh, uh, you know, Binance, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Nope. CZ, are you okay with CZ from Binance allowing terrorists to, you know, move money around? This is exactly why we need to regulate and not decentralize. They, they have, it's being oh, yeah. served like this oh, to yeah. scare the hell out of the, yeah. you know, the, the, the consumer to say, this is why, we, we're here. Glenn, we're gonna save you. We're the government, we're gonna take care. It's gonna be all right, don't worry about it. Go to sleep good tonight, we'll take care of it. We're smart people, we're caring, we're noble, we're gonna make the right decision. Mm-hmm. So, Look, do I think it's going to happen in the next 12, 24 months? I don't know. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely. It's just they need the next crisis to accelerate the process. And that could end up being power grid because it's power grid is something a lot of people are not talking about. The power grid, 75% of our power grid in America hasn't been updated or touched for 25 years. Mm -hmm. You know what happens if somebody, by the way, our security council from the U.S. government says China, Russia, and other countries have and the ability to destroy into our, wait, what? And, and how much investment do we make out of the $1.6 trillion into this? Oh, we put $8.9 billion. <laughs> what? $8.9 billion? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, so there's a lot of things to be. Um, cautious about. Cautious about. I think you got to be today. Will you come back? Oh, absolutely. Love it absolutely thank you this was fantastic appreciate you this was great likewise thank you just a reminder
0: i'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people